Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded Taurus, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired. We may learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. So today I have my dear friend, Brie, on the podcast. Um, She goes by Daylight Oracle on Instagram. Brie is a psychic medium and intuitive channel. She's also a podcast host to a podcast called The Lightworker Connection. So Brie and I got to know each other very well in the last three years or so during like our development classes. And uh, we became friends online during the COVID times, of course. And then we finally got to meet um, this year, actually, at the retreat. So so nice to meet you in person. We went thrift shopping and just did all the things. So yeah, this is Brie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. We're going to talk moons today. And um, because I know you, we've chatted before. You seem to very be very knowledgeable about the moon cycles. And you actually started to teach me some things too. And I find it interesting. I was like, okay, you're probably the person who I think that knows most knowledge about moons and the cycles and how the moon affects us. So I was like, okay, there's nobody else better to have but you on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Let's dive in. Let's um, first, before we talk about like the full moons and new moons, before we get into how the moons affect us, I would love to hear about how you started with like learning about the moon and your moon cycles and how it began for you. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so for me, I would say I've always been really fascinated by the moon, even as a child before my spiritual awakening and all the woo-woo things. Um, I would just spend hours at night staring at the moon. My mom tells me stories like when I was a little kid, she'd come in my room at night and I'd just be like, at the window staring at the moon. So the moon has always been something I've felt really connected to. And then as I started learning more about astrology, I realized I'm a cancer sun. So that's my, uh, my sun signs cancer and cancers ruled by the moon. And so if you have any cancer placements, primarily in your top three, especially if it's like your sun or your moon sign, like you may find that you're just a little bit more sensitive to the moon because cancers ruled by the moon. Um, and so I think for me, that's kind of, it's always been something that's like been a little obsession of mine. I've always loved the moon. And then after my spiritual awakening, I started to really sort of dive into astrology and learning about all the things. I'm a Sagittarius moon, so I love to learn about all new things all the time. Um, and I, you know, I, I started becoming a lot more sensitive. So like my clear sentience was really waking up and I would start to notice these little um, sort of like micro shifts in my energy throughout the month. Um, obviously, we know that the sun travels through all the different signs throughout the year. Um, but what I didn't know, and that I, not a lot of people know, is the moon actually travels through the signs every month. So every single month, the moon goes through every single astrological sign. It spends just over about two days in each sign. Um, and so what I found really interesting for me was learning 
that there was a correlation between my different energy levels and what sign the moon happened to be in and what phase the moon was in. And it can get like a lot more complex from there. And so I would say for me, it was learning to like work with my own cycles as well. So like, when was I menstruating? When am I ovulating? And I would say my gateway drug into the (laughs) the moon cycles was there's an app called the Stardust app. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it basically, um, you put your own menstrual cycle in there and it syncs you up to the moon. And it kind of tells you based on the phase of the moon, um, sort of like what to expect. Like, you know, are are you ovulating with the full moon? Like that kind of thing, right? Um, and so it was, it was really, really cool. And I really liked that. And then I wanted to go deeper. And so from there, I really started tracking and paying attention to the signs the moon was in each given day. And then how that sort of corresponded to my own energy level, where I am in my cycle, and so on and so forth. It's interesting how you say that cancer is ruled by the moon. I didn't know that. That makes sense because a few cancers that I know are very sensitive when once the moon comes around. And I was like, I always thought to myself, like, I could feel like depending on like the moon and the sign it's in, it depends, but I I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like the most sensitive person to the moon. So when, when you would mention these things about how you're feeling and your body's reacting to the moon, I was like, what? I've never heard of something like that. So how do you describe like the most intense, like how does your body, your body like personally react to the moon? I find it interesting because before that even like the moon, a new moon or full moon comes, like how early do you start to feel the effects of that moon? And how does that change from the few days before and then like the day of? I wonder like how your process is like emotionally, physically, all of the things. Well, as it like very emotional cancer, <laughs> it can definitely be interesting. And it also depends on what sign the moon phase is in. I will say that. But there's been some months where like, I'm really in my human and I'm really not paying attention to it. And what I find fascinating is almost like clockwork, I tend to bleed with the new moon or the full moon. Sorry, I bleed with the full moon. And so I've noticed within my own cycle, I I could be delayed by a couple days, like this most recent full moon that we had. uh, My period was actually three days late because it wanted to start on the day that the full moon came. Um, And so it, it actually becomes like that um, like that synchronistic for me. And I also noticed too, around a full moon, um, I find the energy really intense. I'm exhausted during a full moon. A lot of people love full moons and they love to do like big rituals and ceremonies around full moons. And it is also probably because I'm on my cycle during (laughs) a full moon, but I'm exhausted during a full moon. So leading up to a full moon, I tend to notice like I'm really tired, a little grumpy, like there's a lot changing and moving for me. And those actually tend to be the times where I do the least amount of ritual and ceremony is around a full moon. Now on the opposite, a new moon, I tend to feel this like, and again, even if I'm not tracking it, I tend to just feel like this like new energy building up. I tend to be a lot more getting stuff done. I'm a lot more ambitious. I'm planning things. And so I'll start to kind of feel that a couple days leading up. Um, but again, it also depends on like, what sign are we sitting in, right? Because it's going to be different for everyone, depending on your own chart, your own astrological makeup. I'm an Aries rising and a Sagittarius moon. So whenever a moon is in fire, like, oh my gosh, I am lit up and ready to go. Um, And as a Cancer sun, if it's in a 
if it's in a, a water sign, I can almost tell you every single time the moon is in cancer because I am like a crying, sobbing rack all the time. <laughs> so it's really interesting. Is it similar for any water sign that it's in? You feel emotional for a full moon? Um, It could be. Again, it depends on like, it depends on what's going on. I would say typically, if you do have a lot of water in your chart, you're probably going to be a lot more sensitive to those water signs, you know, as opposed to if you have no water in your chart at all, you may not feel as emotional around, around a water moon, but it also depends on how you process emotions as well. Um, you know, maybe it does bring up some, maybe you're an Aquarius, like you're not a typically emotional sign and the moon's in cancer and you start to feel a little bit emotional. That can be really normal, but it it's, it's very individual. I find like there's like common themes that sort of go with every single like new moon, full moon, the moon phases, and then all of the different um, signs themselves, but how you feel it is going to be really unique to you. If that makes sense. Like for example, I have no earth in my chart at all. So whenever the moon is in an earth sign, I don't like it because I feel like my, my feet are stuck in concrete and it's this really like slow moving grounding energy and I'm all fire and water over here. I don't like it, but my, like, I know you're a Taurus, for example. And so is my husband. And like, you guys probably love when the moon's an an earth sign. You're like, yeah, I feel so grounded and good. And I can like get stuff done. You feel balanced. So like, when he's in a an earth sign, I notice that he sort of intuitively is a bit more balanced feeling because it's such a grounded energy for him. And he is a Taurus sun. Um, and he's also Virgo rising, very earth heavy there. Um, and so he just like, he's a manifesting generator in human design, which without going down that whole rabbit hole, but they can be really multifaceted, a little scattered, right? And so I noticed when he's in an earth sign in the moon, regardless of what phase it is, he's more grounded and he's able to focus more. I have a very different experience when the moon's in Taurus. Like we're just leaving the moon in Taurus and I've been like, "Mm, yeah, not feeling my best the last couple of days, but my husband's been loving it. He doesn't really follow the moon signs. I just can tell that he's He's like, he's picking up on it. (laughs) This is probably a good time to just like talk about the moon phases. If you think of the moon as a seed, that's how the energy works. So new moon is like, we plant the seed. Okay. So there's like no moon in the sky. We plant the seed in the ground. And it's all about like setting new intentions and like just, you know, fresh start, new beginnings. So it's not necessarily that there's a whole lot of energy built up there. We're kind of like starting from ground zero. Right. So it's common around a new moon. If like, I personally feel a little bit like excited, like you know, if if you know tarot, like the fool card comes to mind, like I'm starting something, right? But I'm not necessarily like ready to, you know, get her done. I'm just like excited. There's like anticipation coming. And then from there, like the moon around every three days, it'll change. It gets like a little bit more lit up, right? So then there's like the waxing crescent. So there's that little like crescent moon. And if you picture it as like that little seed is like popping up out of the ground a little bit. So it's that kind of energy where it's just like, oh, it's popping up. So you're going to start feeling a bit of that momentum. And then you get into like the first quarter, which is like the half, right? And that's when I tend to like really feel that initiating energy coming because now I picture the seed is like up more. It's like halfway up now. (laughs) So that's when I really start to feel like that momentum 
really building and I'm really starting whatever goal I set at the new moon, because that's a new moon ritual would be like goal setting. Like, what do you want to grow? That's when I really start to feel it. Like, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get this done. That's when I really start to feel that energy. And then it's a waxing gibbous moon. Or pronounce that properly. I think it's, it's, I don't know, gibbous, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, and that's kind of like, we're almost at the full moon. We're almost there. It's kind of like, keep going, keep growing that sort of energy. And then we have like the full moon. And that is like, the flower is completely up. We're fully expanded. I get tired. So that's my, I tend to get really tired around a full moon. Um, But it's like, we're at our peak. There's a lot of energy happening. We've been like building up this momentum for like half a month now. And it's just like, we're here, we're celebrating. And then it goes the opposite way. Right. So then you do like the waning gibbous where it's like the quarter, like it's like a little bit missing on the other side. And that's like, you know, a lot, a lot more like introspection time. Like I tend to really sort of think about and like ruminate about the the past month and like the goals I've been setting and so on and so forth. And then like my energy starts to wane as well. And then like the last quarter, same kind of thing. Uh, That tends to be a lot of like releasing energy because we're like coming up to the new full moon. So you're going to like start a new cycle, right? So we're like releasing and letting go. Like if it didn't quite work out the way you thought it was going to, to let that go. And then there's like the last tiny little crescent. And that's really just like a rest time. So you're like resting and like reflecting before you plant your intentions for the next moon cycle, if that makes sense. With all of that, it's really unique because a lot of people may ovulate with the full moon. So like women, if you're a menstruating woman, you may ovulate with the full moon instead of bleed with the full moon. And so within your own cycles, like you may feel that like you're, that's a bit more in sync, actually I'm backwards, but, um, so if you like, um, if you're menstruating with the new moon, you're like slowly building up your energy that like period from new moon to full moon is like, you feel amazing. And then you ovulate with the full moon, just as like the moon is at its most full, right? And then your energy kind of wanes after you ovulate, right? From ovulation to menstruation kind of sucks. <laughs> so like you're kind of following following the moon, right? And so that could very much affect your energy levels as well. Or if you, you know, you might be completely in the middle where you like ovulate with the quarter moon or something. So because I... I'm backwards. I'm actually ovulating with um, the new moon. So my own personal energy levels with my cycle are also impacting what the moon is kind of throwing at me as well. So there's like that whole side to it. And then there's also like we were just talking about before your own personal sort of astrology and how it's going to impact you within, within each cycle. The best life hack I came up with for understanding all of the different signs within the moon is to think about what time of year that sign happens. So if we start at the beginning of the astrological year, it's Aries. So that's in April. Um, And Aries is like, well, what's happening that time of year? Spring, right? Like it is spring, like, you know, things are coming to life. It's like, Um, if you live in the Northern hemisphere, we're like super excited. It's go, go, go. I'm like cleaning out my gardens. So that kind of energy is behind Aries, right? Mm -hmm. And so when the moon is in Aries, you, you really want to feel like, you know, you want to get started on new things, initiating Aries is first. They're the leader, like, you know, 
but Aries can also be a little impulsive, a little hot-headed. Um, but like, you know, so I personally, as an Aries rising, love when the moon's in Aries because I get lit up and excited about something. But you may also feel like you're a bit more short-tempered or you're just really angry when the moon's in Aries. And that's totally normal. It's going to impact everyone differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then from there, it's kind of like, okay, well, if we move through the zodiac, what comes next? It's Gemini. Um, and so, um, you know, like, okay, well, what's going on that time of year? And it's like, well, you know, we're like coming out of our, our homes and we're like more social. And so then from there, it's like, okay, that's Gemini energy, right? Like Gemini energy is like mid-May to mid-June. And so, okay, well, you know, Gemini is all about like communication and uh, it's an air sign. So you may find that like, that's a really good time to schedule podcast interviews or like, you know, anything where you have to communicate with people, collaborations, stuff like that. Um, And that's something else I like to do too, is, you know, if you have the ability to schedule your life within these cycles, like make them kind of work for you. Um, So yeah, like, you know, if, if you can schedule a podcast interview when the moon's in Gemini, you may like that, right? Um, If you know that you're, you know, really grumpy when the moon's in a fire sign, maybe don't do things that week, right? Like stuff like that. Um, So after Gemini, we get into cancer. And so cancer energy is, you know, (laughs) we're a little moody, we're a little sensitive. Um, But, you know, it's also all about like emotions and nurturing. And, um, you know, when you kind of think about, I tend to think about like cancer season as like, we're we're in summer, like kids are home from school. So that kind of helps me to remember like, oh, you're home from school. Cancer is about home, right? It's just like my little hack that helps there. And then after cancer is Leo. Well, Leo season is like August, fire, sun, hot, like go, go, go energy. No one is home in August. (laughs) Everyone is like gone traveling. Like it's a really busy time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, like it's another, it's a fire sign, right? So it's just kind of like thinking about what, you know, how do you feel in Leo season? Like, but it's like, if you have a lot of, you know, Leo energy in your chart, you may really feel this a lot stronger than someone else, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, from Leo, you go into uh, Virgo season, which we're in right now. And it's like, what's going on right now? What's back to school, right? So Virgo's all about like back to routine, staying organized. I know for me, like, even if I don't know what cycle the moon is or what sign the moon is in, I can tell you when it's in Virgo because I'm making to-do lists, cleaning my house. Like, you know, the last time the moon was in Virgo, I'm like, I rearranged my whole calendar. Like my desk was clean. And I was like, I wonder what sign the moon's in today. And I look and sure enough, it's Virgo. So that's kind of that energy with Virgo. Um, And then Libra is next. Libra is an air sign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that time of year is like, well, autumn equinox, balance, right? Um, it's also a really beautiful time of year, fall, all the colors. So mm-hmm. Libra is, uh, you know, just, I, I may find that I'm like, I don't know, more likely to decorate my house during Libra, you know, when the moon's in Libra or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then like, what's next? Scorpio. Um, <laughs> I always kind of laugh at this example, but I'm like, well, you know, November, like everything's dying. It's <laughs> it's like in the Northern hemisphere. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. And so Scorpio is all about like death and rebirth and letting go. Um, Halloween, right. It, it's kind of a bit of like a darker time of year. 
Um, and then from there, we get this like breath of fresh air with like Christmas energy coming. Well, that's Sagittarius, that time just before Christmas with that like super excited childlike wonder, that's Sagittarius season. And so Sagittarius is also a fire sign. So if you think of like, think of the time of year just before that. So, you know, Scorpio is a water sign and it's like, it's a bit of a heavier time of year, right? Like we're all just kind of like, my gosh, it's getting cold. (laughs) Halloween's kind of cool, but like my gardens are all dead. It's just a little heavier. And then all of a sudden we get this like, oh my gosh, but like Christmas is coming and we get this like super fun energy. I have a lot of Scorpio people I love dearly. I have three sisters that are all Scorpio. So like no hate to Scorpios at all. It's just a bit of a denser energy. Um, And then yeah, Sagittarius is this like bright, fun, bubbly energy just before Christmas. And then (laughs) right after Christmas, this is the sign I struggle the most with, but Capricorn. Um, And one of the reasons I struggle the most with it is it's actually my polar opposite. So on the wheel of astrology, whatever your polar opposite is, so Cancer to Capricorn, it's probably going to be the one you have the most challenge with, we'll say. Capricorn energy is like, well, after Christmas, uh, fun's over, back to work, back to school, right? Like back to routine. We're working hard. Um, You know, Capricorn can be lovely, but it is very driven, ambitious, focused, very not emotional. So Cancer is the most emotional and the opposite would be Capricorn. So that's kind of that Capricorn energy coming through. Um, And then after Capricorn, we get this like little shift into Aquarius energy. And, you know, it's like, well, what's going on that time of year? Um, We have, um, my gosh, what's it called? Valentine's Day. So it's like, not that they're a really lovely sign, but that tends to help me kind of put it into a bit of a shift from Capricorn in the sense that um, Aquarius is all about the collective, right? Like with other people. Um, and it's definitely just a very bit of a, like a rebellious sign as well. Like they tend to be like the rebels of the Zodiac, but they like to work together. So like working collectively. So if you have a group project and you can schedule it when the moon is in Aquarius, you may find that it goes a lot smoother as opposed to if the moon's in Aries, for example. And then, yeah, from there we have uh, Pisces, which is like the last um, of the, of the year, so to speak. And Pisces is the dreamer, right? So it's a lot about like being introspective. It is another water sign. So very emotional, but like a different kind of emotional from Scorpio or Cancer, which are also water signs. Um, And so, you know, with Pisces energy, I tend to find um, I'm really into my intuition, but I'm like kind of dreamy and like not really getting stuff done and just sort of like my ADD is all over the place. (laughs) Like I'm just not very focused. And so, you know, when you are kind of also picturing like the time of year, it's the end of February kind of going into March and like spring is almost here. Oh my goodness. I swear February is the longest month of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. We are so ready for spring. And so we're dreaming, like we're like daydreaming about like the days are getting warmer. If you're a gardener, you're like planting seeds and we're, you know, getting excited to start all of our gardens for the next year. Um, So that's the kind of energy that is that time of year. So for me, I just find it really helpful if you're kind of learning astrology. This is like a really easy, basic way to kind of be like, okay, wait a second. What's Scorpio energy again? Oh, yeah. Okay. Halloween. (laughs) Right. You know, sort of that like death and rebirth energy. Um, So I find that really, really helpful. 
And then how you apply this, which I'm, you know, I'm sure everyone wants to know, like, that's great. But like, how, how, what do we do with this? One thing I really like to do is I have an app on my phone um, and I'll send it to you so that you can link it in the show notes for everyone. But it's just called like full moon phases. It's free. And it sends you a notification every time the moon switches signs, which is really cool. And so the first step is awareness. So the first step is just, just be aware of it. Right. Like, oh, moon's in Taurus today. Like we are, we're actually, the moon is void as we're recording this. So it's moving out of Taurus. It's void for a couple hours and then it's going to shift into Gemini. And so when you're, you know, when you're in this energy, it's like, well, how do you feel? Do you feel it shift? Sometimes I notice it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's palpable. And I, I can tell you like to the second, as soon as the moon shifts, it's that palpable for me. But then other times, not so much. And I don't really notice it. Um, It just kind of depends on what that energy is and like how strong it is for me at that time um, and how much I'm feeling it. Sometimes if it's in an energy I don't like, like if we're in Capricorn, for example, and it shifts into Aquarius, I'm like, oh my gosh, there we go. (laughs) I can feel it. I I have to say I'm loving this conversation. (laughs) The journey that you took us on with all of the horoscopes. That was so fun. I was like, yeah, like it's (laughs) Halloween and then the Christmas and then back to work, January. And honestly, even back to school in Virgo and Mm -hmm. I'm all over the place, but like kids are out of school in June and it's like, it all lines up with things, with holidays and around the school system. And, and that's so, that's so interesting. I've never thought about it like that or seen it like that. And that will help me remember of the energies too. So it does help to have a little bit of like, I guess the basics of astrology um, yes. Tune in, but it's everything's on Google nowadays, so you can just it's just type it in Google. Like, what does the Moon <laughs> in Virgo mean, and how can I like lean into that more? Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, generally speaking, um, you know, everyone always wants to know. They're like, oh, well, like, I don't know. So the full Moon was just in Pisces. That just happened. Like, what rituals and things should I do for Pisces? And my advice to people is always like, okay, well, lean into the energy of that sign. So, what is Pisces about? Well, we just talked about it. It's like dreamy and very intuitive. So, you know, that might be a really good time to journal, reflect, you know, do some meditations. And then as a full moon, well, what's a full moon normally? Well, that's, you know, we're we're not planting and manifesting. That's the new moon. The full moon is sort of more about like, okay, we made it. Let's reflect and look back on like everything you know, it's the peak of everything we've been working on. And so with a full moon in Pisces, that would be a great time to just like, not do a whole lot, you know, just like reflect and celebrate. And I personally happened to be on vacation while the full moon was in Pisces. So I got to go snorkeling in the ocean with a bunch of fish. So I thought that was the best way to spend the full moon in Pisces. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's a fire sign, um, maybe you do some candle or fire fire rituals, right? Like just it, it can be whatever is resonates with you, but lean into the energy of the sign first. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can kind of like, is it a water sign? Well, like go have a bath, like, you know, go, you know, be with water. And then from there, it can be something as simple as that. Like that could be an amazing ritual for a, a new moon. Go meditate in the bath and plan some, you know, ma- things you want to manifest over the next moon cycle. and can be as simple as that but lean into the energy of what the sign is first okay I love that advice because people always stress like am I doing enough like what do I do do I light a candle do I have a bath do I do all the things 
So I think that helps like um, simplify it a little bit. Right. And even if it's like have a cold plunge, if it's a water sign or go to the beach, if it's warm where you are and it would just dip your toes in. Um, I like that. And then the fire rituals, we could, you could like write things on bay leaves and like burn it, have a campfire. I love all those ideas. Totally. Air signs are like, um, so it depends on your practice, but you could do things like singing or uh, sound bowls, like anything to do with that. I also um, really associate air with um, learning, like knowledge. So, you know, that's a really good time depending on what sign the moon's in as well. But like if it's an air sign, I tend to um, like it's say it's Aquarius, for example, I tend to be really focused on learning about the collective during that time. So like, how can I, so that might be something like, I don't know, I pull some cards and get some advice about something. And then like, maybe I spend the day like reading a book that's going to help me with my spiritual practice so that I can help the collective. Air signs are a little trickier for me because I don't have any in my chart at all. But yeah, I would just say like, anything to do with like smudging, anything to do with air, right? Mm -hmm. If you kind of just take it back to basics of like, okay, well, what's an air sign? (laughs) So, and then earth is the last one. And that, that one to me is all about like, I love to be up in nature, whether there's an earth newer full moon. So like grounding feet in the grass, if you can, um, I tend to be a lot more drawn to crystals as well during like an earth sign. Um, obviously you can use crystals for any sign. Personally, I just associate them more with like an earth energy because they are really grounding you can also smudge then. I mean, you could have a bath during an earth sign if you want to. Like there's no rule. No one's, there's no like moon police that are going to come up to your house and be like, you are doing not doing this correctly. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of resonates for you. But me personally, I tend to find I do a lot more just being in nature and like outside rituals during um, like an earth sign moon cycle as I do with like a water or, an, or an, um, a fire, for example. I love that so much. That changes everything for me. I'm like, that simplifies it so much. And if I'm thinking about, yeah, what to do, okay, check the moon. Do you talk to the moon? Oh, I do. I love to talk to the moon. I definitely resonate with a lot of moon deities. Um, so um, Ishal in, um, I think she's like a an Aztec goddess and or um, Isis. Um, so I definitely, to me, they're all any like triple moon goddess. I sort of see it as like, they're all the same energy. They're just sort of understood by different cultures differently. Um, and so I definitely, I have a little like moon goddess statue on my altar. And so I definitely talk to her a lot. And then just, yeah, the moon in general, I had the most amazing experience on my way home from my vacation, this last full moon where I actually got to experience the full moon in Pisces at 37,000 feet as I was, I almost said driving, flying home (laughs) and it was right out my window. And I did, I talked to the moon during that flight. I was like, oh, you know, just having a conversation, like it's a good friend. So I definitely um, think that that's, it's, it's energy and it's, you know, I think that how we respond to energy is really important. And so by just treat, to me, it's like treating it like a friend or, you know, um, someone who's sort of in my corner really helps me to connect more deeply to the energy. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. Would you have any like 
prompts of like, not journal prompts, but like talking prompts to the moon. If somebody was like, I don't even know what to say. Do I say (laughs) hi? Do I say, how are you? (laughs) Like, what are some prompts that we could build that conversation with the moon? Ooh, I love that question. I would say, okay, so it's, it's depends entirely on you and how you're feeling, but Sometimes it's as simple as I'm like, oh my gosh, you are beautiful tonight. Or, oh, I love that energy. And that, you know, just like you say to a friend where you're like, oh, you are looking good tonight, right? Or like, oh, girl, you're hitting me kind of heavy today. Like, I'm really feeling that meme. So just, again, being just really open with it. Um, And then if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can talk about like, sometimes, again, I treat it like a friend. I'm very informal with these things. But to me, it's like, I just talk about how the moon's making me feel. Sometimes I'll go outside and just like talk to the moon about how it's impacting me. Or if it's a new moon, things I want to work on, things I want to manifest. If you picture it, remember, we're planting that seed. It's like, okay, moon, listen up. (laughs) Here's what I want to work on for the next month. And you can do this journaling. Like you don't have to say it out loud if you feel silly or you could say it in your head. Yeah, I I just kind of keep it super informal, but think of it as talking to a friend. Okay, great. I love, I love those prompts. And it does sound more simplified because even I was thinking, cause I don't talk to the moon. I was like, what do I, what do I say? This is like kind of like a personal question too. I'm like, hi moon. <laughs> How are you? Well, and that's a, the thing that I, I guess love the most about my spiritual practice is everyone always tries to complicate it. Like we think for spells and rituals and things, there's got, like we have to say it a certain way and do it a certain, you know, thing with it, or it's not going to be good. And What's really resonated for me is just like, just simplifying it. Like quite honestly, there are times with the full moon where I do nothing. I don't even meditate because I'm exhausted personally. Like I find it so overwhelming. And so I honor that. I'm like, okay, no problem. Other times, you know, I'm doing crystal grids and pulling cards and doing like a whole thing. And so it's just about honoring where you're at, honoring your own levels. Like I said, there's no moon police that's going to show up and tell you, you're doing your ritual incorrectly, right? Do you find that empaths are more sensitive to the moon cycles? Oh, yes, definitely. So being an empath, you know, really means that you're more sensitive to energy. I kind of see it and I am an empath. So I do resonate with this. I see it as like your clear sentience is like cranked right up. If you picture it like a radio dial, it's turned up really high. So you can feel other people's emotions, energy, the energy around you just a lot more strongly. And so with that, of course, you are going to be much more sensitive to moon energy. And then to like go another level, if you also happen to be a water sign, we tend to just be more emotional, feel things more strongly. Um, We, you know, if you're someone who's like very intuitive, it's like layers. You're okay. Like you're going to feel it even more strongly. So yes, definitely. Somebody was asking on Instagram, what is the significance of an eclipse and why is it so powerful? Ooh, that's a really cool question. Um, So again, I would say that it depends on where it is in the cycle. You know, if it's a full moon, if it's a, um, you know, like new moon, that sort of thing. Generally eclipses, I see them as um, it's not a good time to do manifestation or anything like that. I sort of see them almost as like reverse cards in tarot where it's taking, it's giving you the opportunity to really take a deeper look at that energy. But it's kind of like it's the shadow, right? Like it's an eclipse is basically like the shadow of, you know, like obscuring the light. So if you look at it as an opportunity to like look at the shadow aspect of 
whatever sign it's in. Um, so for example, I don't know, let's say it was in cancer. Let's look at the shadow aspect of cancer. So it's like, well, or, you know, getting in touch with emotions, like maybe that's really hard for you. Um, so it's, if it was like a full moon eclipse, for example, I personally would see that as like, okay, I'm going to take a look at like any shadows that came up for me during the last cycle, that sort of thing. So I almost see it as an opportunity to like slow down, kind of like when the planet's going retrograde, right? Like it's, it's, it's almost feels like things are moving backwards, but it's that opportunity to kind of look more at the shadow aspects of what might be coming up for you that cycle. Um, and just to kind of like slow down is how I take that energy personally. Mm -hmm. And do you, how many uh, eclipses are there usually in one year? Do you know? Um, I think it varies. We can Google that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it's just random. Oh, okay. So there's four to seven solar or lunar eclipses per year, but only those along the path of an eclipse are able to see it. So I guess they happen like relatively often, but it's seeing them that is rare. So it's only like, because if you think about it, if it's a lunar eclipse, for example, we're not going to see a lunar eclipse in the middle of the day for us, right? Um, so yeah, I guess they they do happen. It says four to seven a year. So um, pretty often. Yeah. Yeah, like relatively often for sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not something that I, I, like I notice comes up a whole lot to the point where like we're really impacted by it. But what's really interesting is I do know, I have noticed like as someone who's really sensitive to energy, whenever there is a solar eclipse, um, I don't know if you've ever been outside during a solar eclipse, but the birds stop singing. It's really eerie. So I've been outside for a couple now and it's just like dead quiet and weird. The energy is just unsettling. It feels really strange and like, I don't know, just like gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. And it was really interesting because a couple of times I've been outside, it's like no birds singing, nothing. It's just like super quiet really eerie and I'm just like oh I don't like this like hurry up and then the shadow moves and we're like oh I can breathe again um so personally I don't I don't like eclipses I find them like hmm. just a, a little unsettling in their energy which is probably what they're meant to do right shadow is never like super fun so I kind of see it as an invitation to look at those shadowy aspects that are a little bit more uncomfortable so that makes sense Okay, I'm just ticking off all of my questions and I'm like, nope, yeah, we naturally <laughs> have talked about that. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so we do have the fall equinox coming up. Do you know much about like equinoxes and like how can people use that energy that we are coming into? It's, I believe it's September 22nd. I'm actually hosting a sound bath that day in person. That <laughs> is awesome. That sounds beautiful. Equinoxes are so magical. Um, so the fall equinox, for example, is when there is perfect daylight, amounts of daylight and night. Um, so the day and the night are in perfect equal balance. And so if you think of it that way, the whole theme is all about balance. So yin and yang, everything being like perfectly in alignment with each other. For me, I just, I love that energy. I think it's very very calming. Um, it's just very, I don't know, to me, it kind of like, it's like going to the chiropractor, it like puts everything in alignment. You know? yeah. Um, and so, you know, actually, let's just check and see what sign the equinox is in. 
Okay. So the moon is actually going from Sagittarius into Capricorn. So um, depending on like what time of day um, you're like where you're listening to this, it's, I would say, um, let's just see here. So yeah, the moon is actually going to be void from 3.30 to 4.20 Eastern. So that means the first half of the day, it's going to be in Sagittarius. And then the second half of the day, it's going to be in Capricorn. So depending on when you're planning on doing your rituals, I would say Capricorn energy. Um, if you're looking at balance, that would be um, anything about like your career, where can you bring more balance into your work life? You know, that sort of stuff, especially if you're in the, um, if you're in Pacific, because that's going to be sort of later in the day for you. Um, so yeah, like really embodying that energy. So the equinox may be calling you to sort of focus more on like your goals and ambitions and how you can bring more balance into that area of your life. Yeah. And it's actually, it's a nice quarter moon then as well. So that's, um, very much balanced because the moon is like half, half, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And for any manifestation tips, is it the same type of rituals that people would do on the full moon, the new moon, and just whatever they feel called to? And they can tap mm-hmm. into that earth sign energy for Capricorn, maybe get outside. So I would say, especially because it's um it's going to be a quarter moon, less manifesting because we're on it's going to be like a, a waning quarter moon. So we've like um so if you it's after let's see here. So like we picture it as like, we are planting the seed, right? And so, uh, oh no, it's a waxing. I apologize. It's going to be a waxing. So like if we uh, we're planting the seed and we're like working towards it. So new moons are when you're going to be doing your heavy, heavy manifestations. So on the equinox, for example, I sort of see it more as just like, so if we're focusing on like, what did we manifest for the new moon? And we're halfway through the cycle because the full moon is coming up later. So like, you know, how can we ensure that we're maintaining that balance within, you know, within everything that we're working through this cycle? And because you're right, it's an earth sign in Capricorn, a wonderful time to like get outside and really do a lot of grounding. That day is actually coming out of Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. So you may be really drawn to still use some of that lingering fire energy and, you know, if you can like light some candles or have a little fire in your backyard. Um, and it, to me, like, I loved your, the fact you're doing a sound bath that day, I think is amazing. Anything that's really going to help you just like come back into your body, help you feel balanced, present, doing some breath work, right? Just to help you maintain that momentum moving into the full moon. I don't know why I feel like I want to say yoga, you know, getting involved. Totally. Yes. Connecting with your body. Exactly. Anything that's going to help you feel more connected and grounded, calling back all your energy. Um, This is like a really potent time to revisit those manifestations, right? So we like planted the seeds on the new moon, which would have been a week prior. And so bringing in all that energy, you know, helping ground in those intentions because the week after is going to be the full moon. And that's when it's really going to, your little flower is totally sprouted and grown and everything's coming to fruition. Right. So I love that the um, equinox is taking place, like literally right in the middle of the, the moon cycle. That's beautiful. Totally. I love the images you've put in my mind as you're explaining things. <laughs> you do such a good job at explaining. <laughs> oh, thank you. My okay. past life as a teacher. <laughs> That's true. Last thing I want to touch on is void moons. Mm. People are like, what is a void moon? (laughs) 
So void moon is, um, it's, it sounds like really crazy, but it basically just means that the moon has just finished up its planetary aspect in the last sign and it's waiting to move to the next. Um, so as we're recording this, we're actually in a void mood right now. And mm-hmm. so the moon has just left Taurus and it's just kind of like hanging out there waiting to pop into Gemini. That's all it means. It's nothing crazy. It actually happens fairly often. They, they happen like relatively regularly a couple times a month. Usually it could be like anything from like a couple minutes, rarely a couple hours. When that happens, it's sort of a good time to do what the moon's doing. So the moon is basically just hanging out and doing nothing. So that's what you should do during a void moon is just void moons are great for like self-care, you know, journaling, just kind of hanging out and chilling. I know for myself, when the moon is void, I am also void of any energy. I'm exhausted. I just want to chill and do nothing. And, you know, there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I so tired today? I don't understand. And then I'll look and be like, oh, the moon's void. (laughs) Literally right now. That's why. Again, it's that it's that awareness piece, right? Of sort of being like, okay, how do I feel today? You know, I have this great journal, um, the Soul Care Planner from yeah, the same one you're showing me right now. Yeah, I, it's around here somewhere. But so she actually lists all the void moons in there, um, and I highly, highly recommend that. So if you pull it up to today, you'll see the moon is void until I think it's around four o'clock Eastern today. Yeah, 4.06. There you go. Yes. So basically for like until four o'clock Eastern or like one o'clock Pacific, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to want to like create anything. So it's just not a good time to like birth things, create things, like try to do a whole lot because the moon is just sort of just sort of hanging out. So that's usually what I try to do during a void moon is just do things that nourish you that, you know, you just feel... Yeah, it just it's like a relaxed time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the Solar Planner. It looks like there's like three void moons a week, and I'm like, wow, they're actually really mm-hmm. like often. And this one, like some of them range between like four hours. Sometimes it's like less than an hour. But there's one coming up from six twenty one p.m. to one a.m. Ooh, that's a doozy. Yeah. There was one just not too long ago where it went over <laughs> 24 hours. And I was like, why is this void moon so long? Yeah. So it's like, interesting. It can be super short or like really long, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't seen it over 24 hours before. That's like, it's long. not common. Like I would say it's more common for them to be shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, and often they like they pass and you won't really notice. But if the moon is void for like 24 hours, you might notice that where you're like, okay. <laughs> I am just dragging, like I have no energy at all. And so that's just, you know, void moon to me is just kind of like my get it a jail free card to just blah, <laughs> like just chill and like not want to do much. Cause I'm also, you know, for me, moon energy is a bit of like, it's a bit of a life hack for me. I, you know, I, it feeds a lot of the energy for me to get stuff done. And so if the moon is not giving me any energy, it's, yeah, it's a rest time for me, for sure. So void moons are like, sometimes I love them because I'm like, oh, yes, okay. I could just, I'm not feeling inspired or I don't want to do anything. So I'm going to honor that and just not. Um, but other times they can be kind of frustrating if I like really want to get something done. And the moon is just not <laughs> not working with me. So <laughs> yeah, it could go both ways. Totally. It's, it's just interesting for myself because I'm 
have a, a plant-based diet. So I'm not always getting like some days I'll be like, oh, I forgot to take my vegetables or one day I'm like, oh, my vitamins, I didn't take it for a couple of days. Like it's hard, right? As a vegan to make sure you're getting everything. So uh, I find that uh, it's not uncommon for me to be like sleepy or tired, mm-hmm. but I blame it on my diet. But for my void moons, I've been really watching them this year because I'll be doing everything right. And then I'll be like, why am I sleepy? And I blame it on my diet. But then I'll like, it's nice to be like, oh, actually, it's not my diet. It's I'm getting right? the moon's fault. <laughs> Always- yeah, you're like, it's actually not me. <laughs> yeah. So it's super handy for me to have too, because I'll be like, why am I so tired today? And it's just a check in. And I find that during void moons, I definitely cannot skip my coffee that day. <laughs> and I noticed, which is interesting, coffee shop lineups are way longer on void moon days. Oh, that's interesting. That does not surprise me, though, at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find that really funny. Well, we're like, I think people don't realize how impacted we are by the moon. I mean, the moon literally moves the ocean. It rules the tides. Right. And so it's an incredibly powerful force. And it's been something that like our ancestors have, you know, been well aware of for like millennia. And so I think it's really interesting how subtly people are impacted by it, even though like they're unaware of it. Even like we were talking before, like my husband or, you know, even my my sister has recently started tracking the moon cycles more closely. And she'll be like, I just... I know the moon's in Libra today. Did something happen? And I'll be like, yeah, it's a full moon in Libra today. Or like, you know, so she's starting to really pick up on it. And she's like, this is so cool. I can feel it. And like, you can, like, we are so influenced by this energy. We just are often completely unaware of it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Do you mind explaining how the moon affects us because of we're made out of water and how it just briefly of how it moves water from an energy perspective? Um, I do know, like, I, again, the science, I, I know it affects like the gravitational pull of the earth. And so it does move the tides. So if you literally picture like the ocean kind of like moving out with the moon, that's what causes like low and high tides. And then within our bodies, obviously, like you mentioned, I think we're like 80% water or something like that. So we just we are naturally sensitive to the moon. And, you know, tides are not the same every day, they change constantly depending on um, what phase the moon is in that sort of stuff too. And like the time of year. So, you know, I do think that on sort of like a biological level, because we have so much water in us, if the moon is having that much of an impact on like our gravitational pull and, you know, the, the moving of an entire ocean, how can it not impact us too? And then as women as well, like it's very common for us to sync our cycles with the moon. Um, you know, we tend to have like 28-ish day cycles and that's the moon cycle, right? So it's really interesting when you start, uh, if you start tracking your own cycle, like the Stardust app I was talking about before, it's really interesting to see how it links up um, with the moon. And so again, I'm not certain about like the science behind why our menstruation like cycles up with the moon. I think it's... um, there's definitely a lot of like energetics behind it as well. But yeah, that's kind of like, what's why we call it a moon cycle, right? Like instead of like, you know, your period or your menstruation, people sometimes will call it like a moon cycle. But yeah, it's the same, same amount of time as the moon. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. I did not know that the moon moves, like the tides has to do with the moon. I did not know that. 
it's fascinating, right? You're like the moon literally moves the ocean. Like that's crazy. And they've known this for like thousands of years, which is why, you know, sailors used to really pay attention to the moon. But even when I was in, so I was in Curacao last week and the tide was slightly different every day, depending on the moon. And it was really cool. But yeah, that's the moon controls the tides. So it definitely controls us. (laughs) Oh, cool. If the tide is out, what is the moon cycle like? Do you know? I'm not 100% sure. I think it depends like where you are in the world too, obviously depending on like the gravitational pull and the tides and all that kind of stuff. So while we were in Curacao, I know that the tide was really high at night and it was coming up to a full moon. Um, So I, you know, again, like I don't live there, but I'm assuming that I know the tide changes like as the moon cycle wanes. So maybe I would suggest like a new moon, maybe the tide is higher at the daytime like maybe that's how it works but yeah it's it was really interesting to kind of see it happening where like the moon is directly impacting the tide wow now i'm going to notice this every time i go outside now to the full moon and the, during the, the well moon. and you live near the ocean too so you can like you can actually go check it out i'm a little landlocked here in ontario but uh, <laughs> that was so fun okay all right do you have time for a quick rapid fire questions yeah absolutely hit me up okay so the first rapid fire question I believe you already mentioned it, but just to touch base, your sun, your rising, and your moon. Okay, so my sun sign is Cancer, my rising sign is Aries, and my moon sign is Sagittarius. If you could incarnate as any animal, who, uh, which animal would you incarnate as? Oh my gosh, that is so challenging. Um, I don't know, probably an owl. Um, I like, I love nighttime. Um, and I'd love to be able to fly. I think that would be the coolest just to be able to fly everywhere. But I like, I like the daytime too. Like I love the sun, but there's something just so peaceful and calming about nighttime for me, probably because I'm a cancer ruled by the moon. So I do like my nighttime, but yeah, we'll say an owl this time around. That'd be fun. I like that. Okay. What is the best prank you've ever played on somebody or somebody has played on you? Ooh the best prank. Um, hmm. I really wasn't much of a prankster when I was younger, but let me see if I can think of one. You want to skip that one? Yeah, let's, let's skip that one. I'm, I really never played pranks. I was not a very, (laughs) was a very serious child. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite book or podcast that you could recommend for people that want to learn more about the moon or the moon cycles? Ooh, okay. Um, there's a really, really good book. I'm just craning my head to look at it. Uh, it's called Moon Magic. Um, and it's the author's last name is Conway. Um, so that's a really, really good one. I can't see the full thing because it's on my bookshelf right now, but it's it's a an oldie but a giddy. So I really, really like that book. Um, the other one that's really good is uh, well, obviously the Soul Care Planner. Um, that one is absolutely amazing. So definitely throw that in the show notes for people. Podcasts off the top of my head. I don't actually know anyone else that's really talked in depth about moon cycles before, but I would say just in general, working on growing your awareness. Um, So anything that's going to help you learn about like astrology and then just like your own spidey senses, right? Like growing that clairsentience, um, it's just going to like becoming more aware of the energy around you is going to help you become more sensitive to the moon energy as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Okay. What inspires you? 
Ooh, what inspires me? So many things. I get inspired very easily. (laughs) Uh, Learning. I love learning. So anything that I don't know, or when I meet someone who has different views than me, or, you know, talks about a topic I know very little about, that fires me up to want to learn more. That's my Sagittarius moon for sure. But I love connecting with people and I'd say people inspire me, I guess is basically the best way to answer that question. One of my favorite podcasts is actually The Moth. Um, It's a storytelling podcast. It's not spiritual at all. It's just like ordinary everyday people telling their stories. And I find that really inspiring just from like a humanity standpoint. Um, It just hearing you know, what other people go through and other people's challenges and how they overcome things. And even just like simple stories, simple, fun, everyday stories about like what makes humans so amazing. Um, I find I get really inspired on just like, you know, just like the most basic level that way. It just kind of helps you find the joy in life. That's a great answer. What is the last thing that you Googled? Um, How many eclipses are there in a year? <laughs> That doesn't count. So before that, um, what did I Google? I don't know. Let's have a look here. I was Googling how to teach your dog how to do scent work. So I have a a one and a half year old border collie and uh, we already do agility with her um, and she loves that. But scent work is um, you like train your dog to alert to a scent. And so I was going to be um, training her to do that, not to be a drug, drug detection dog or anything, just for fun. But it really uses their brains and she's very smart. And so I was just going to get her started on some basic scent work where you can like hide things around the house and get her to alert to different scents. So yeah, that's super random, but that was the last thing I Googled. (laughs) Okay. The most random is, are the best ones. (laughs) Okay. What would your limo entrance be on the bachelorette? I've never seen the bachelorette. So what is the limo entrance? So there's like the first night, um, 28 girls show up, beautiful gowns and dresses, and then they walk out of a limo and they basically have like that quick interaction to say hello or introduce themselves or do something funny or wear a costume or some people show up on a horse and like you can make it as extravagant or as simple as you like, but it's just like a quick introduction for the, so the bachelor would remember you out of the 30 girls. Okay. Um, like the horse one resonated. I used to horse work ride. I used to have my own horse way back when. Uh, I would definitely do that, show up on horse, but I'd probably be dressed like a sorceress or something really like woo-woo. So yeah, I'd probably um, be dressed as like a moon goddess riding in on my horse that I'd probably make look like a unicorn just to be a little bit different. But yeah, yeah there you go. Perfect. <laughs> what is your favorite crystal? Oh my gosh. Um, probably Apophyllite. That one is my app. I have hundreds of crystals, but here I'll show you. Actually, I have a giant one just on my desk right here. This is Apophyllite. That's so beautiful. Gorgeous. It looks like a quartz. Similar. Um, it's like it's kind of gemmy like a quartz, but it's actually um it's got a really different energy to it than quartz. Quartz is like such an amplifier energy, but apophyllite is just this like very like angel healing energy to it. Um, it looks like a quartz at first glance, but a lot of them are like really, really smoky, but it's got a different gemminess to it. It's almost kind of like if calcite and quartz had a baby, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's my absolute favorite. 
Oh, I love it. Fun. Thank you. They call it the Reiki crystal, actually. Oh, you're right. You know you're Reiki, but yeah, it's a. Uh, they call it the Reiki crystal. So it's just like oh. a really, really high vibe healing crystal. Um, and it's yeah, it's amazing. The energy. I have so much apophyllite because I'm obsessed with it, but I can't go anywhere if there's apophyllite. I get like drawn to it like a magnet and it always comes home with me. I absolutely love it. So I love asking that question because I feel like I'm always learning about new crystals. There's so many, so many, I have tons and like, I have others that I love dearly, but I would say apophyllite is the only one that I never leave with. And apophyllite comes in different colors too. Um, so this is, um, just like white apophyllite. Um, here, if you hang on two seconds, I'm going to yeah. grab my other one for you. This one is my prized possession. It's huge. Wow. So this is um, like green apophyllite. And this is actually still bite the um, the white. But yeah, so th- this is apophyllite as well. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. This one is like the house is on fire. This is the crystal I'm grabbing. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a weapon. It's so big. It's huge. Yeah, it's got like some weight behind it. But yeah, I'm like, sorry, Ray, you can fend for yourself. I got to go grab the crystals. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't leave that one behind either. Okay, last question. What is your last meal that you would have before you leave the planet? Mm, Okay, I would probably, if it was my last day and money was no object, I would travel myself to Mexico. And there's this tiny little amazing taco shop called Toro Taco. And it's on this little island. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. He was phenomenal. I don't eat meat. I'm not vegan, but I don't eat meat. And he was, he would just like whipped me up these amazing vegetarian dishes because I didn't eat meat. And it was the most amazing food I've ever had. And I ate it every single day that I was in Mexico. So (laughs) I would happily fly myself down there and have that be my last meal. (laughs) Tacos and guac and chips. Definitely. Margarita, maybe one or two. I mean, if it's your last day, right? Have the hangover. <laughs> yeah. Get out of jail free card. You're, you're smooth sailing. <laughs> awesome. That was so fun. Um, thank you so much. I feel like we we touched through a lot of a lot of information. How can people find you? How can people work with you? Um, all of how can people listen to your new podcast? Congratulations also on the new podcast. Thank you. It was so funny when you reached out because you're like, oh, like, you know, I wanted to talk to you about Moon Stuff. And I was like, that's hilarious because I just recorded and released a podcast episode on Moon Stuff as well. So that was very synchronistic and I loved it. Um, You can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's, as you mentioned before, the Lightworker Connection. Um, It's pretty new still, but I, at this point, I'm just talking about literally anything that comes into my awareness that people want to talk about with uh, anything to do with lightworking, spiritual awakening, all the fun stuff. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Daylight Oracle. I'm way more active on Instagram, uh, usually in my stories. And then my website is daylightoracle.com. I do mediumship readings. Uh, I'm always changing up my offerings. So (laughs) check in often. Uh, Right now I'm offering um, sort of clarity sessions for anyone that's looking for clarity on being a light worker, growing your business, um, you know, what you should be offering, what anything, anything you need clarity on. Um, I work with your spirit team and channel guidance individually for you. And then I do do mediumship. I think that's all I have up there right now, but it does change often. I get bored easily. That's my Sagittarius moon. <laughs> so it's all, I'm always just 
hey, spirit, what do you want me to work on right now? What do you want me to offer? And yeah, and that's sort of what I have going right now. I love that. And I can vouch that you're an amazing medium. Oh, and thank I, you. <laughs> I had, I'm pretty sure I've had all of your sessions too, and they, they are phenomenal. And I love your name of your podcast name, The Lightworker. Oh, thank you. How did you come up with your your name of your podcast? Um, Spirit gave it to me, to be totally honest. I just really wanted a space for anyone who's going through a spiritual awakening, basically from awakening to being a light worker and fully working, working in the spiritual realm. And I just wanted a place for people to come and feel seen and talk about anything that interests them, questions they may have. I may not have all the answers, but I will happily talk about my experiences with things. Um, yeah, it just really like it's was quite literally this image that spirit gave me of all of us shining our light and then being all connected. And that's sort of what this podcast is for me is just, you know, the place that we can all come and hang out together and um, yeah, and just talk about whatever is coming up for us. I'm excited to listen. I didn't know it was out until like the other day. I was like, okay, I haven't listened yet, but I'm excited. I kind of like sneakily just released it. Uh, (laughs) I was like, here you go. It's out there. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Well, we all know where to find you. If the audience wants to connect with you and follow you on Instagram. But yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This like an hour just flew by. I think it's been longer than an hour. I think we could talk forever. So (laughs) yeah, we started late, but yeah.